It is alive. If you have ever seen the movie Young Frankenstein, it's a 1974 horror comedy starring Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle, and uh, Madeline Kahn, and many more. Uh, I grew up with that movie. Absolutely love that movie. Huge Gene Wilder fan. And, uh, of course, huge Mel Brooks fan. Um, fantastically directed and uh, produced by Mel Brooks, I believe. Um, I know it was directed by him, but um, I'm definitely not a movie buff. But I wanted to introduce the study today with the Frankenstein now, common myth, this is not Frankenstein. A lot of people, uh, especially the younger generations, are under the impression that this is Frankenstein. Frankenstein is actually the doctor that built the monster. Uh, what's up, Lynn? How are you doing? Hope you're having a beautiful day. BG McDaniel, welcome. Uh, as everybody pours in here, we're going to have a really interesting study about hybriding our lives together. And one of the most scary things, I think, you know, as we're in this Halloween season and we're doing this kind of horror series for Halloween here, uh, if you've never been to the channel before, my name is Cub Cooker. My real name is Jacob, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. You are listening to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. What is that? Well, each day we tackle life subjects of faith, spirituality, and paranormal activity. What's up, man? Hey from Mississippi, BG McDaniel says. Uh, I hope it's beautiful there right now. I bet it is. Probably the weather cooling off a little bit. Uh, but we tackle those subjects, you know, these, these kind of existential life subjects, uh, specifically around spirituality. Um, I've got an extensive background in biblical studies. Um, and then I'm also been getting the last few years of my life, getting into, uh, other faith traditions and trying to understand this bigger picture that's going on. Um, so, you know, today I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita, so I've been learning a lot from that. Uh, and I've got some quotes from that, also some Bible quotes, and I want to talk about how things are not always as they seem specifically from a biblical background. Now, before I get into these type of subjects, first off, understand that I am not highly trained in any of this. I am not an expert. I am merely someone that is exploring, and that's what's beautiful about this community. We're all exploring in love and light and oneness. And if you're here with that attitude, I don't care who you're married to, where you do or don't go to church, what the color of your skin is, your faith background, None of that, as long as you are here in love and light. That's what we do every day on this show, so welcome for that. What's up, 74 Leathercraft? Welcome. Uh, Jacob Maroney in the house today. Thank you for being here, my friend. Uh, BG says, lovely weather, sunshine around 60 degrees. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. That sounds fantastic. So we're going to talk about hybriding our lives together today. Jacob says, hey, how's it going? What's up, man? Uh, speaking of Frankensteining stuff together, incredible leather crafter right here in the house, 74 leather craft, Jacob Maroney. Uh, he's a faith-based creator as well. And if you want to go check him out, he makes literally the most beautiful wallets I've ever seen. And, um, his stitching is not like this. Trust me. It is, it is beautiful hand stitched. He also has a machine stitch available now. Uh, and I know he's got his website up and going, so go check that out. Uh, in fact, the bracelet I'm wearing is from 74 Leathercraft. 
Um, and this is something that I meant to talk about earlier as an anchor, and I'm going to talk about it today as an anchor. Uh, when we think about all these different concepts, I think a lot of people, they see all the different religions of the world. They see all the different ideologies, all the different peoples, food choices, lifestyle choices, and it can start to seem like a bit of a large bite to take out of life to try to understand all of it. And especially here in the West, we kind of have, uh, of course, we're a melting pot here, but we still have like the core systems that we've kind of built this nation upon for good, you know, for better or for worse. I'm not here to say that, but I'm just saying that for me, especially here in West Texas, I was raised in the middle of the Bible Belt. You didn't look outside the Bible for answers. That was it. That was the only truth there was out there. Um, nothing else could even be worth looking at it because it wasn't in that Bible. So, uh, I'm here to tell you that's not how I live my life today. I love my Bible. I love the stories in the Bible, but I've also seen some disturbing trends with discrepancies between old Testament, new Testament, who the father of Christ is, who the God of the old Testament is. Uh, and if you've been following me for a while, I've got a whole video on is Yahweh the father of Christ, um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful study on that. No matter what you walk away with or believe on that is not for me to tell you, but I do want to give you the data. And I am going to touch on that today because it's going to make more sense when we try to hybrid things together that maybe shouldn't go together. Uh, and we try to stitch them together. We end up with this Frankenstein's monster. And while you may say, well, it's still beautiful. It's still a person. Well, of course it is, but for allegory reasons today, we're talking about Frankenstein's monster as an allegory for our lives. And what happens when we don't build a life that's based on light and life and that authentic breath of the creator. And rather, we're trying to hybrid things together that don't really work together. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's going to be a really cool study. So um, let's see. Cool. If we could get your art in this product, uh, in this product offering, just a thought. Uh, beautiful here in Colorado mountains, Lynn, that is awesome. Yes. Uh, I do have my artwork available in, uh, we've got a whole t-shirt line and I'm working on more, uh, more designs for that t-shirt line. So, uh, if there's specifically any artwork you want, like the stuff I've been showing in the background lately, please let me know. Just drop a comment somewhere. Everybody vote on it by giving it a thumbs up and I'll know what else to put on there. Uh, a lot of my artwork is uh, more of this graphic design, uh, kind of a material design. I like the, you know, more rugged colors and the flatter profiles of everything. Uh, but we've got this one is the Christ within. This is called the master. We also have mugs, all kinds of cool stuff. And again, we're working on more that are going to have the design on the back and then the pocket on the front with the logo um, on the front for our team, our supernatural team. So you can go check that out. It's over at www.cubcooker.com. Cubcooker.com is the URL. You can support me over there. You can check out the merch. Uh, you can join our membership, get my book, all of the goodies over there. So why is this important to me today? Uh, thank you. Amazing art. Love it. Thank you very much, Lynn. I appreciate that. Because my life, I've lived a long time trying to hybrid things together, different ideologies, different belief systems, different parts of my life, different, um, 
literal hobbies and elements that just didn't go together or serve into each other um rather than creating a life that has more of a smoothness a simplicity and a beauty to it and we can really end up with that mentally emotionally spiritually energetically and even physically uh be affected by when we try to hybrid our lives together in the wrong way now, I just want to talk about all the different pieces, all the different faiths with love and respect, uh, but at the same time, coming from a Bible Belt background, a kind of a Western evangelical and being what you might consider a deconstructed um, you know, Western evangelical, I would say that I have struggled with the Bible for a very long time. Um See, Steffi says, my boyfriend is trying to access your live from YouTube. Uh, he's having trouble on TikTok. Uh, we are only live on TikTok. Now you can find the restreams over on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, as well as Apple and Spotify. All that's over at the website as well. The only place I do live is on TikTok just, just for simplicity. So I don't have a thousand different, uh, you know, iPads around me. So, um, but for me, you know, the Bible has the New Testament and the Old Testament. And here we go with the dog barking. Somebody's just walking down the street. So um, it's working a little bit. Uh, Troy Hoffman says it could be my Internet. It could be TikTok. It could be, you know, God only knows. I don't know. Um, I'm on not a great Internet. There was only one Internet service available in my neighborhood. And I'm going to be switching to a different one soon. Um, but this one's up, I think in January or February. So I'm going to keep it for now, but hopefully you guys can see me. The restreams for sure, or at least nice and smooth. Jacob, let me know if you're having trouble as well. Uh, it'd be good to know. I can contact my, my Wi-Fi company. So, um, but I'm trying to piece everything together. Old Testament, New Testament. There came a point in my life, uh, from 2020, I really started to question a lot of things and, and really try to dig into what my faith was beyond uh, somebody says it's it's TikTok for sure. And then Jacob says so far so good. Thank you. Okay, good deal. Come on, TikTok. TikTok hasn't been pushing this out to very many people either. I mean, we went from having 5,000 on the live stream every day. We're at like 500 a day now. So I don't know what TikTok's doing. I'm sure they're doing updates, but you know, y'all say a prayer for it send me some love, drop me some hearts, share it with some friends. Let's get it out there. So, um, so, you know, hybriding all of this together, you've got this Yahweh of the old Testament. And by the way, I mean this in all love. So if you're, if you're someone who holds your Bible and you say, this is all a hundred percent true and this all fits together, then this is probably a good message for you because that's where I was pre 2020. Pre-2020, I was trying to hybrid together like most churches, most pastors, most of our modern denominations do. And again, love and respect to them. But I've literally found, I've found, you know, I don't know, tens of verses already. And I've got another friend here on TikTok who's found hundreds of verses that literally show how th there's no way that the father Christ was talking about is the Yahweh of the old Testament. I just, I can't see it. And once you look at all the data, it's really hard to go back and try to justify the actions of the old Testament. God, I could be wrong, 
Maybe it's all bigger than my mind can understand, but I'm telling you there's some things and I'm going to show you some direct compare and contrast today to just show you what it looks like from a religious point of view when we try to hybrid stuff together, why it's a problem. Because the God of the Old Testament is responsible for over 2 million unalivings, the most atrocious acts you know, this, this God did them and was jealous and angry and had to be bargained with and sacrificed to. And to me, that sounds like an angry extraterrestrial entity that's trying to be God rather than actually the spirit, the father, the love that we're all connected to, that we're all a part of. And then Christ came to reveal that. So this is a big part of what I'm talking about today. If you, if you came to my channel thinking I'm just talking about paranormal woo-woo stuff just for fun, that's not what I'm here for, guys. I'm here to give a deep esoteric message that really gets you to think. Um, and uh, we've got bots in here today. I did I did a whole thing this morning on uh, you know the, the energy vampires. We've got an energy vampire in here, um, you know, talking about flying spaghetti monster here. So listen to what i'm saying man quit dropping the comment you'll get kicked out real soon we love you until you just keep spamming the comments like that same comment same comment same comment listen to what i'm saying maybe try to apply it to your life i promise if you hear what i'm saying and let it get in your heart it will change you but if you're not ready for that then move along to someone else's live stream please lynn says my first question as i read the old testament why does god have to eat and here I am. Absolutely. Absolutely, Lynn. Total, I mean, you know, just again, getting you guys and me to think. Because most of the time, our life is in shambles and looks like this. Because we are putting pieces together that don't go together. We haven't gotten rid of the things in our life. I talked about energy vampires this morning. Um, great episode, by the way. Go check it out. Um Go check that out. Um, I'm going to kick you out, dude. I'm going to kick you out. I'm, in, energy vampire right there. Stop spamming the comments or you're gone. One more and you're gone. You're gone. Peace. There they go. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, we got to We got to get those people out of here because it just distracts me. And then I have to turn the comments off. I'm too ADD to sit here <laughs> and just see did it, did it, did it, did comments going. Um, so as I'm talking about hybriding stuff together, you know, like a lot of times our lives look like that because we're trying to put things together. that just don't go together. They don't fit the narrative because I think a narrative can be fluent. Some of the greatest stories in the history of our world are fluent stories that you can make connections from the beginning, the middle, and the end. And one of the problems I've always had with the Bible, and again, all respect to it, is just uh, that it doesn't make sense as a narrative. Now, yes, you can get the chronological Bible, and it makes a little bit more sense, but it's still, you have a lot of these deep esoteric questions on why, like why. You know, and one of the things I love about so far in the Bhagavad Gita is that it makes sense. It is a story and the, the truths of that story come out because it's a fluent story. Uh, now, there are some fluent stories within the biblical texts, of course, in and of themselves. 
but it becomes harder in how you fit them all together because it seemingly is two different um, philosophies. And that's where I started having a problem. And I even had a conversation with my dad last night because my dad is still a Yahwehist. He's He believes that Yahweh is the father of Christ that Christ spoke of. Um, and I'm an Elist. I believe in God being El Elyon, God Most High, um, and not trying to justify these acts in the Old Testament, but rather look at them and understand that Christ was can't, coming to heal and repair all of that because people have been serving a God that was not taking care of them. And I'm going to give you guys an incredible example right here. Stevi says, didn't he create us in his own image? Elohim did. The plural Genesis 1 created, uh, creation, we were created in his own image. Genesis 2 was Yahweh Elohim making on top of the creation. There was no in the image there. He just made them man and woman after that. Uh, even though we we're already created male and female, at least in spirit, or at least in our light bodies, at least in a higher uh, realm of existence that, you know, I think we have access to now, or at least to start to touch that, that life. Um, but most of us don't even know it's there because we try to, again, fit Genesis one and Genesis two together. Then it looks like this and you just say, Oh, it's just two different stories. And yeah, we don't really know what happened, but if you read it and understand Genesis one is, you know, an Elohim creating from nothing, uh, creating in the image of the father, the mother, and the son creating in the image of. Um, and then you have these beautiful beings that are part of the Godhead, part of the creation in the image of. Um, and then you move over to Genesis 2. You have this maker God, Yahweh Elohim, which is specifically called out if you look at the actual Hebrew of it and understand, you know, what it's saying there. A lot of our translations, now if you open up just a King James or Christian Standard Bible, it'll just say in the beginning God, and then Genesis 2 says, and God took them and blah, blah, it'll say the Lord God at that point. And we try to justify that and try to understand that as the same. But again, we're hybriding stuff together that all it does is it ends up not being a very pretty picture. And then we try to justify that 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 unpretty picture is something that everybody needs to follow. Everybody needs to understand. And I've never understood that. And so what I'm about to share with you, I think is just even more proof of this whole old Testament. And then you have the new Testament with Christ actually coming. I won't get into the new Testament beyond the gospels. Cause I think there was another narrative going on there and acts Romans, stuff like that. Uh, I think there was already an element of control and manipulation happening to take the message of Christ and then make it into something that could be packaged again as, as a new set of doctrine rather than what Christ actually came to share. And that's also why I love the Krishna character in the Bhagavad Gita, because to me, that's your Christ. Like that, it's the same type of message, it's the same love, it's the same guidance. Um, and you know, and I'm sure I don't know enough about Eastern spirituality at this point to know, you know, who's done what with that. And I'm sure, you know, it's it's been you know affected through the centuries or whatever just like everything has it's been told and retold and translated and retranslated but uh, i'm told by a trusted source 
that I have a really, really strong copy of the Bhagavad Gita as far as being a uh, original translation that is translated lovingly and caringly to stay true to the script of it. Uh, and it's by uh, Eknat uh, Aswarn. Eknat Aswarn. Um, and I'll, I'll share this on my uh, Amazon page. There you go. Th this is what it looks like. Um, and it's, it's absolutely some of the most beautiful text I've ever read. Um, it takes place right before a war is breaking out and, you know, the, uh, the hero of the story is sitting there and he's talking with, with this, uh, the Lord Krishna and learning lessons before this battle starts. And I haven't gotten very far in it, but it, it's pretty, pretty powerful. So, um, uh, I highly recommend it, man. TikTok, come on, guys! Like, what is up, y'all? I'm gonna stream on another network if y'all don't get it together. Losing my green screen again, and I even moved the iPad where I have white behind it, just like a white wall and some white doors. So there's like literally nothing moving or flashing, like no cars going by like there were before. No reason it should do that. So um, let's see. Briannick says, "What book is that?" This is the Bhagavad Gita. The uh, which is a holy uh, Indian spirituality book. Um, it's you know kind of like we have the Holy Bible. This is an ancient text um, that is is one of their core texts in Hinduism to to understand and and ascend and learn from. So, but again, as I'm learning it, I'm realizing, hey, there's more out there, and it, more of it fits together than I thought. But some of the things that we've tried to put together or the world has put together for us just don't make sense. Here's one thing for you guys that are into uh, Bible studies, biblical studies. I, I love Bible studies. So, again, I, I approach all of this from many angles. Um, but we've got, you know, just some pretty crazy, I think, proof here. Again, in John 10.10 10 through 15 it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy and this is jesus talking uh, i came that they may have life and have it abundantly i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep now listen to this part he who is a hired hand meaning not the true hand but a hired hand meant to manage the sheep but not the actual shepherd so remember that he who is a hired hand is not a shepherd. Okay. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The wolf is obviously an allegory for the Satan or Hasatan, which is... A, a many faced being that manifests in different, different people, different entities all through the biblical texts as well as other texts. Um, and, and so it's not like this Lucifer idea that we all think of, but it's, it, he is the accuser. He is the, the one that, um, makes himself, uh, like God, you know, to, to stand up and takes Christ to the top of the mountain and says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. If you just worship me, you know, he know he, he gets how to manipulate. Um, and so this goes on and says, the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Now, remember, I did an episode a while back on Job. 
in Job, you have three characters talking about Job. You have Yahweh, you have Hasatan, the Satan, and then you also have El Ohim, El Elyon, God Most High. And if you actually look at the original translations, you can get, you see these three characters there. I've had people argue with me and say, no, that's not what it meant. One's proper, one's non-proper, whatever, you know. Uh, but, but when you just look at it logically and you understand language and you understand there's no reason in the same sentence to call out the same person in one tense and another tense. So that, that argument doesn't make sense. So when you look at it and you go, okay, there's three there, there, there's Yahweh, there's Satan, and there's God. That That's what this is talking about, I believe. That's what Christ was saying here. The hired hand. Who is the hired hand? Yahweh. Who is the wolf? Satan. So the hired hand abandons the flock when the wolf comes to snatch them away. And what happens, we see very similar imagery here. I find this just wild. So we go to Genesis 11, 1 through 9. This is Tower of Babel. All the people built a tower. You know, they were they were trying to attain enlightenment and understand the mysteries of the universe, understand God. And you get Yahweh steps in in verse 6 here. Yahweh said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing will be withheld from them which they intend to do. First off, why would an almighty loving creator want to stop progress? Like, I don't understand that. And in verse 7 it says, Come, let's go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad from there on the surface of the earth. Why is that weird? Because we literally just had Jesus over here say, the good shepherd lays down his life, but he who is a hired hand is not a shepherd. He does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So who is the wolf in this? Well, it certainly so, sounds like Yahweh is playing the, the Satan role here, or at least in, in cahoots with him, which you definitely get a sense of from uh, from Job, if you read the book of Job. Um, okay, sorry, Brandon. It's uh, Bhagavad Gita, B-H-A-G-A-V-A-D-G-I-T-A. So Bhagavad is the first word. Gita is the second word, and, and it translates to the song of God, uh, which which I think is beautiful, by the way. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so, yeah, you can go check that out, and it's by E-K-N-A-T-H-E-A-S-W-A-R-A-N. That's who the translation is by. Obviously, that person didn't write it. This was an ancient Sanskrit document, um, but that was translated by that person, so... Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm about to read a quote from it too. Um, Nicole says, yeah, you can't really trust history too much. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about here. Even the history that we have like laid in front of us that we've accumulated and put into an amalgamation or a Frankenstein monster of an understanding. And again, all respect, like I mean super respect to churches and everything. But like if you're going to a church and you're hearing this justification about Yahweh being... The Father, like, look at all of these verses. I've got even more. 
Um, I mean, I could, gosh, I could go on. We're going to do a whole nother series on this when I get more. Um, oh yeah, this is interesting. It talks about, um, there's one verse that talks about how Satan is the only one who knows where the body of Moses is. And in another verse, it says that only Yahweh knows where the body of Moses is. Like, I mean, still like more and more data to like, why haven't we caught this before guys? Why haven't we caught this? I see two narratives going on in the Bible. I see the extraterrestrial agenda to be gods on the earth, the fallen angels. And I see the spiritual agenda, the actual energy, the actual creator spirit and force that wants to unite humanity to it. So it can continue to create, uh, and you have all of these other beings that want to, you know, wield rule over humanity. And it's just, it's a, it's a nightmare, honestly, especially when you start to look into it and go, well, wait a minute, just Pekin says, love your page. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I've talked about Asherah, Asherah being, you know, the mother, uh, cause you have L married to Asherah and then you have the sons of L there's like 70 sons of L uh let's see people manipulated the truth and some erased parts of history uh monarch says yeah it's i mean again i don't want to be conspiratorial on here because here's the deal guys it's up to us we don't have to just take the parts that we've been given and try to hybrid them together and make sense of them there's other parts out there there's other things like the bhagavad-gita um i've been reading some buddhist texts i'm reading um, I got some really old books that are some actual old Christianity books that have some really interesting stuff in it. Uh, that's kind of mind blowing that it was written in the 1900s. Um, and you just see how far we've gotten away from some of those beliefs. Uh, and I'll share that book too, as we continue into these more spiritual studies, we're going to get a lot more into the spiritual studies in November and December, uh, we're going to do December is all about magic guys. Like you literally have magic in you. I have magic in me and I'm not talking about sorcery where you have to do, you know, mix all kinds of body parts together from animals and all the weird, you know, and the incantations and stuff. I'm talking about like real magic, wielding frequencies, aligning all of your chakras together, aligning all of the yogas in your life together, building a better karmic footprint for yourself. Um, and yes, a lot of these are Eastern understandings, but you have to understand Jesus was literally an Eastern mystic. Like he, <laughs> everything he said sounded like the Eastern mysticism. Like, I, I just don't get why people don't see that. And I've literally had pastors argue with me and say, you know, Jesus is not Buddha. Jesus is not Krishna. And I'm like, really? Because have you read them? Like, have you read all of them? Uh, you know, and I haven't near read all of the, the Eastern scriptures, but I'm certainly, I'm going to try, I'm going to do my best. Uh, you know, as long as the Lord allows me to continue this work, I just, you know, I find it fascinating and it's like, Hey, let's keep looking for pieces. Let's put a bigger picture together instead of settling for this hybrided together picture that by all intents and purposes, guys, is just not very pretty. And, uh, much respect to, uh, you know, Frankenstein's monster, obviously, but I'm just saying there's definitely another level of this understanding that, that we can dig into and we can begin to piece it together so that our lives don't look like this. You know, we have the capacity to think we are in the information age and that can become the enlightenment age. That is up to you and me. Does the information age become the enlightenment age? 
I believe it does. I believe it's already started. And I think you and I have the power to continue and perpetuate and build that and make sure that that reality comes to fruition. Uh, Monarch says it just does not make sense. Absolutely. Thoughts on speaking in spiritual language. Does that exist? Absolutely. There are entities that will speak universal, timeless, ancient languages through people. Now, here's the deal. Who is that? Is that the Holy Spirit? Is it an extraterrestrial race? Is it a spirit entity on the earth? Guys, you know, look at all the animals on the earth. We we just we want to classify a handful of these paranormal entities or spiritual entities. Come on, guys. Look at the earth. Look at look at how many types of dogs there are. You don't think there's that many types of demons, that many types of angels? Like look at how many different types of cats there are. You don't think there's that many different types of extraterrestrials? Like, I mean, come on, it, it, creation is incredible. Look at the universe. Look at the actual web of intelligence. You zoom out enough from the universe and you see what looks like neurons in the human brain. We live in a giant brain. I mean, come on. That's the way I see it. I can't prove it, but I can take the data and start putting together a more beautiful picture rather than the one I've been given. Because I'm sorry, I just don't like it anymore. Again, that's not a slam on any religion, any faith. I love you all, but I do implore you, open the Bhagavad Gita. Compare that with the Bible. Open the Old and the New Testament. Compare that with each other. And by the way, look at the roots of it. Actually open up the Strong's Concordance and start studying your Bible like you mean it. And try to understand what the narrative is before you try to glean spiritual understanding from it. Because that's part of the problem. We read a verse, try to apply it to what we need it to mean, and go, it's the living word of God, rather than understanding the context and the narrative of what's going on, and going, wait a minute, that doesn't really make sense. That God doesn't sound really nice. Do I really want to say that prayer to that God? Or do I maybe want to pray the way that Christ taught? Do I maybe want to act the way that he taught? And I'm not saying I'm perfect, guys. But I'm saying he got it. Like he came to, I think, deprogram, de- unplug, and literally conquer the old gods in the Old Testament. That's just what I believe. And I see that, not because I want to see it, because trust me, this is one of the hardest things I ever approached. In fact, uh, a friend of mine on here, Sons of God Ministries, he was one of the first videos I saw on that. And his video was entitled Yahweh is Satan. And I went like, wait a minute, like, what is this blasphemy? You know, that was my immediate thought to go to. And, uh, man, when I got into his videos, just a whole new world opened up. And by the way, he understands this way more than I do, but that doesn't stop me from continuing to talk about it. It doesn't stop me from digging into other scriptures. I understand the Bhagavad Gita way more than he does because I'm reading it now and trying to understand the correlation between Krishna and Christ. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, you know, I was raised and taught that, like, you know, all of these other faiths are the, are the, the devil's way of, you know, leading me astray or whatever. Uh, and guys, ignorance will build you a really ugly picture. And I don't mean ignorance, again, rudely. Exactly, Nicole. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Why did he say that? What was finished? Why did he have to buy us back? Why did he have to reconcile us to his father? That makes no sense. I never thought that made sense. 
and I sure I certainly don't think it makes sense now but it makes a heck of a lot more sense when you realize that he was the final blood sacrifice for an angry bloodthirsty god of the old testament an extraterrestrial that required daily or monthly or weekly or however often they did it sacrifices of the very animals that were supposed to be given for the good of humanity he came and took those and took portions of those he he took israel for his portion and by the way, he's the one that scattered everyone, so we still live in this confused world. Why wouldn't he let us work together, ascend as a society, and continue to become like God and join because we're created in the image of God? Why do, It doesn't make sense. And I didn't mean to turn this into a Yahweh debate today, but I'm telling you, I feel strongly about it because as a Western Christian or deprogramming Western Christian, I have a problem trying to justify the God of the Old Testament because it was screwing up my love for Christ and understanding that Christ is not a person that I'm supposed to deify. He is an entity I'm supposed to embody. He came to create more Christs, not followers. So my call to everyone is wake up, find the pieces, do the research, take your spirituality seriously like you mean it, and begin to deprogram from whatever unpretty picture you've built in your own psyche, your own spirituality, your own actions. Because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm working on it, and it's the hardest work I've ever done in my life. But I, I'm building a much prettier picture, I'll tell you that. A much prettier picture. The work of salvation was finished, absolutely. But I believe it was finished because he was the final sacrifice to that God. We haven't made any others to him. I'm just saying it was finished. Like he was the final atonement so that God would essentially shut up and get out of the way and humanity could be returned back to God. That's what he said was finished so that we can go straight to God. And I'm not saying he's up in the sky spaghetti monster guy earlier. I'm talking about the kingdom of God within us. And we're going to, oh, December, guys, the magic, the internal magic we're going to talk about is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm going to be, we're going to be getting into that. But I'm I'm still learning on it. And I promise I'm going to bring some really powerful stuff in December. The segue to December is going to be November, beginning to discuss gratitude and the wavelength of gratitude in your life. Not as simple as you think, but also not as complex as you think. But by practicing gratitude together every day, twice a day in November, you and I, our community has begun to start to manifest beautiful, beautiful things because we are graciously full of gratitude towards the universe, the source, the creator, the father, whatever you want to call him. And it's going to be, I believe, life affirming and possibly even life changing for a lot of people as we go through and begin to actually practice a lot of the stuff we're talking about. I believe Jesus came to show us the way and that it can be done. Absolutely. I agree with that fancy pants. Um, all this extra has been wrong. Um, oh, I dropped my chair down. My bad. Uh, all of what extra? Sorry. My extra or uh, everything that's been added extra. Uh, you're totally entitled to that. So, um, Oh, okay. Did, uh, let me read your full comments. Sorry, Deidre. Um, 
I wish I knew as well as a child. Um, I told my mother she was wrong, uh, but I was forced so she didn't listen. All this extra has been wrong. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Uh, how do I read your name? Didriana? Uh, Didriana, there you go. That That's great. The names are so little on here, even on the iPad. Uh, but I'm getting old, so, you know, my vision here. Um, let's see. I Defy You says, are you talking about universalism? In a way, in a way. Uh, I'm, I seek the universal Christ. And, and I mean that. Like, I, I really do love Christ the entity. I love the stories that I'm reading of Krishna. I love the stories of the Buddha. Um, I love that energy. I love that entity. Um, I've never been one who understood the deification of Jesus. And a lot of people will come at me and go, you know, well, what about revelation and every knee will bow and blah, blah, blah. Well, again, I think that's the amalgamation of the Christ energy returning to earth to actually live among people and embody that energy among people. I mean, you know, I don't understand it all. I mean, obviously on some level it's all extraterrestrial, but on some level it's all spiritual. And so I, I can't, I can't explain it all, but I certainly don't believe that this King James thing that we have is the only thing I'm supposed to look at because I, all the answers I'm looking for just aren't there. And I mean that in all love and respect, but I also mean it as in, Hey, actually look, actually go back, actually study it. Cause there's more answers there than we think, but they may require us to break ties to take some of the pieces away of our prior programming and understanding of that narrative. So, um, Troy says, listening, have never wanted to listen to anyone ever. You are the first and much appreciated. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate that. Uh, Troy says, well, I'm glad to read. Uh, I'm glad I read it for experience, but I can't pull any good messages from it. Uh, love how you put it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and that's the thing. I can pull beautiful messages out of what Christ said. But then you start looking at the early church and all the problems. And then you look at what was going on then and, kind of the fight between the Gnostics and the early church. And I'm more of a Gnostic to be really honest with you guys, like, um, a universalist Gnostic that really loves Eastern philosophy. Um, and maybe one day wants to be a Yogi. I don't know. Uh, but I definitely am learning and I'm definitely finding a lot of value and a lot more beauty in pieces that I didn't know went together because I was given certain pieces from the time I was a kid and told these go together. And I just, it just isn't pretty, it just isn't pretty. So Jason, uh, says, yes, it's all related to make your soul grow after death, either repeat life and become a guide. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Didriana says I've had dreams and have never understood them, but as an adult, I feel that I still don't understand as an adult. I feel them, but I still don't understand. Hey, I totally get it. Uh, Didrian, uh, go check out my YouTube channel. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you can hear me, uh, you said you're in Germany and the Wi-Fi is not your friend. I know TikTok's having trouble today too. It's not just you. Um, Check out my YouTube channel, Didriana. Please, please go check it out. Go check out the Is Yahweh the Father episode that I did. But also, please check out the one that I just uploaded this morning. Uh, 
or no, I upload, yeah, I uploaded it this morning. It's on my YouTube and my Facebook, uh, all of which you can find at cubcooker.com. It's my name, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can go find it over there. Um, but I've got a great episode on my Silent Hill nightmare. So if you've had recurring dreams from a kid, go watch that one. And it's a little more horror based because my dreams were terrifying. But it might help you kind of figure out how to decode your own dreams because uh, it took me 10 years to understand what these dreams meant. And I finally went, wait a minute, literally yesterday went, oh, wow, and and did an episode on it. So um, Troy says, for me, I like the book of James, real life skills. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I also love Ecclesiastes. You know, King Solomon, he had it all. And it's like the ultimate existential crisis. Like, I love it. You know, it's a deep think book. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's all good. It's all good, but take it in context. And don't take it in context the way other people tell you to. Don't take it in context the way I tell you to, by the way. Take it in context the way it actually makes sense to you. And you may say, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, you got the rest of your life. Start studying. Take it seriously. Make 15 minutes a day to start reading through some of these books. You don't have to listen to other people's commentary to understand context. Get yourself a chronological Bible if you want to read biblical studies to try to understand when things happened, how all that fits together. And by the way, beware of that commentary too because that's going to try to piece together Yahweh as a part of the narrative rather than getting to the time of Christ and understanding, hey, what he was really trying to do, or at least what I think. Again, a lot of these commentaries are just pre-programmed based on the common narrative that's been here for thousands of years. What's the perfect deception by Satan? Well, make himself God, put himself in a book, be worshipped all over the world, thinking that it's actually God trying to justify these atrocious acts and feel like we're horrible, sinful people who just need a savior rather than we were created in God's image. We have the magic of God within us, the creative power of God within us. We can communicate directly with him. And by the way, we are loved sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's what Christ came to do to return us to that, not turn us into more slaves of a gospel that makes us feel bad about ourselves until we say the certain prayer and try to worship or love Jesus enough. That's my problem with it. And again, respect to everyone, but I'm telling you, that didn't work in my life. I didn't like that in, that that person that I made Jesus. But I like the entity of Christ. In fact, I love the entity of Christ. The entity of Christ is so much a part of me. I've been talking to the Father ever since I was a kid. I've had this relationship with this with this God, this entity, ever since I was a kid. And I didn't know who he was. Because I would go to church and I would hear about this God and I'd go, that's not the God I talk to. By the way, that's not the God that has actually blessed me, loved me, forgiven me, saved me multiple times, always been there to comfort me, that I've literally been a part of the family ever since I was a kid. I didn't need salvation because I was saved, because I was loved and I knew it. That's what Gnosticism is. That's what Gnosis is. That which is in you will either destroy you or save you. That's that's a, that's a Gnostic idea, and I love that idea. Look at Neo in the Matrix. Uh, Troy says, yeah, after he got rich, uh, he has this huge breakdown. Yeah, 
King Solomon. Like, you know, he had everything. Literally, you know, castle on the hill, looking over the kingdom. He had, oh God, how many wives? What, 800 wives, I think? Who has time for that? I love my wife, but one of her is enough. That's, uh, love her to death. But like I said, one is enough. And I don't think she wants another husband either. So, um, the guy had a lot of wisdom because he had it all more than anyone on the planet could ever want. And at the end of his life, he had a huge existential crisis and really started moving towards God. Uh, I defy you says, uh, he was made up. Historians have proved that. Um, I'm not sure. I don't understand the, uh, context you're talking about. And then he was not made up. Um, Didriana, what did you say? Let's, uh, Didriana says most definitely we'll check. Awesome. Uh, there's freedom in Christ. Absolutely. Uh, I truly believe in my opinion, Jesus was made up and was something different, but I don't know. Hey, Didriana, good, good point. Let me, and let me explain this. Like, how could he have been made up, but how could he have been real? There's a whole theory that he was actually the son of Cleopatra and came from Egypt and was adopted by Mary uh, and Joseph of Arimathea and Joseph of Arimathea was kind of like his, his adopted uncle or whatever. And that he actually took him on a, on a journey all through India and through Mezzo, uh, or not Mesoamerica, but through, uh, through India. Um, anyway, yeah, all, all through the East. Um, and, and he got to learn and grow, um, and then come back and share his message. And so, uh, that makes sense to me and it makes sense with what he said the whole uh you know could he have been born of a virgin birth sure does that change the fact that i love him and i'm i'm really glad i have that example and i want to enter through that door well it's not just the door of the person of him it's the door of the essence of him like why is it so hard to find the kingdom of god because it's in you you've got to clear all your own bs out of the way first you got to go home and sell everything and follow him. You got to be willing to be ridiculed. I get ridiculed all the time, especially by the religious community. And again, I mean this in all love. I just, I'm telling you, this is my journey and I can't, I have to be honest about it because it's not been easy and I can't sit here and pretend that like, I know all this stuff or I'm some guru or something. I'm just someone who suffered a lot. Who's had a lot of triumphs, who had to give a lot of stuff up. I've gained a lot. But now I'm expanding and trying to build a more beautiful picture of an understanding who God is, who we are, what's the nature of reality. And I look for that in all kinds of different things from science to physics to metaphysics to Eastern philosophy to biblical texts. I try to understand all of this. Why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to? Because, Because for me, the picture that I had of who I was almost destroyed me. And it was because I was trying to justify pieces that just didn't fit together. That's a very good point, Lynn. Hundreds of wives because Yahweh uh, unalived hundreds uh, of thousands of men in a day uh, needed to repopulate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all that stuff is... It gets weird. You get into all the different lines and stuff. And then all the attempts to tie Christ to the Davidic line, and you realize that he's he, he's not from the uh, from the line of Levi. He's from a different line, like a different line of 
uh, of magic, really. And again, more ties, I think, to Egypt than anything. Again, I'm not a scholar, a historian. There'd be somebody who will corroborate what I'm saying, somebody who will argue. I had a pastor argue with me the other day in here and say I was cherry-picking. I'm like, well, listen to any sermon at the pulpit. That's cherry-picked, too. So I got one hour. How, how am I going to not cherry-pick in one hour or a minute on this video that I was getting a comment on? So, you know, I cherry-picked because I, I don't have the capacity to understand all of this at once, but I'm doing it piece by piece trying to understand, so... Uh, Yahweh is misunderstood in my opinion, definitely, possibly. And again, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying the pieces don't fit together for me. And until I find other pieces that go in the middle and make it a more beautiful picture, then it's really hard for me to, to buy into it. So, um, uh, Deidreana says, uh, I gave you a bit, never have given to anyone else over here. Thank you, Deidreana. Thanks for, for being here. Um, and, and just for being curious and seeking and, and doing it in a loving way. I appreciate that. Appreciate all of you guys. I mean, that's why we're here. Like nobody else is having these conversations, guys. That's why this channel is popular. That's why we're growing by thousands of people a day. It's not me. I mean, I'm not that cool. Trust me, but I'm willing and maybe stupid enough to ask these questions. I don't know. Uh, but I enjoy doing it. And I know this is my life's work. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And maybe at the at the end of my life, at the end of all of it, hopefully I get to do this for you know another 30, 40 years. And go on tours and TV and uh, write more books, do more live streams, podcasts with people like Joe Rogan and... Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, I'd love to podcast with him. Who else do I want to podcast with? Uh, I want to podcast with Dr. Stephen Greer, the CE5 expert. I want to podcast with all kinds of incredible people. I mean, I just, uh, Russell Brand, I want to podcast with him. Uh, there's so many people I want to podcast with. So, uh, but we're, man, this is going to grow like crazy and I'm, I'm not stopping, you know, we're, we're barreling full steam ahead. That's why I do two podcasts a day. I told my buddy the other day, in fact, yesterday I told Jacob, I was like, you know, I do this, I'm doing it twice a day. I believe in it and I want to put all the steam I can into it because what else am I going to do? I'm, I'm really, really blessed to do this full time. You guys make it possible through your support. Every time you hit up my website, cubcooker.com. I've had people make donations straight through the PayPal link there. I've had people purchase t-shirts, purchase my books, purchase the other study material we have, join the membership that we have going over there. We just have some incredible stuff. And that's why I'm able to do this because I started getting more pieces. I started with a Bible study with a few books, few core books. We had a small audience and I expanded what I was willing to do with this and tried to find more pieces so I could build a better picture, not a better one, but a more complete one, one that was more beautiful, one that included more people. That's what we're here for guys. I love you so much. Thank you for joining today. I hope this has been a good episode and you understand what I'm talking about, about piecing things together. Jacob says, whatever, you're very cool. Thank you very much. Annie Logan, thank you for being here. Uh, Lynn, thank you for joining today. Deidreana, God bless you. Thank you for joining. 
Uh, give us a follow here. Please come back. I do this twice a day, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, twice a day, Monday through Friday, then Sunday mornings from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I do take Saturdays off, but other than that, we're here every day. So, um, Lynn, been on Spotify and your YouTube for months. Lynn, thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, we've got Spotify, Apple's up there, everything. So, uh, Deidreana says, it is. Uh, have a great day. It's 11.48 here. Wow. Uh, and I have a little one to get to school in the morning. Well, you get some rest. Thank you for joining. Um, and maybe, uh, like I said, we have the 11 a.m. Central Standard. I'm not sure what time that would be for you there, but you can check back here, right here every single day. Fancy Pants, bless you. Jason, bless you. Y'all have an awesome, awesome day. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Peace.